Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Compassion Before Judgment podcast. Welcome to the show. The podcast is hosted by my mom, Jagdeep Hare. Hi, everybody. I'm here today with Kenya Carr, who is a dynamic woman with vast experience in managing life and overcoming hardships. She motivates people from the stage, sharing her testimony and helping hundreds transform their chapters. And she is the founder of Life Chapters Coaching, um, which she also does YouTube channels. And she has also written a book, which is amazing. We did another podcast on that. But today we are going to be talking about divorce behaviors. So welcome, Kenya. Hello. Good morning, Jagdeep, and thank you for having me. You're so welcome. How are you today? Fantastic. Great. Fantastic. Perfect. So I'll let you share a little bit about whatever you want to share with the listeners. And sure. then, yeah, let's just jump in. Sure. So um, my story may not be every listener's story, but I know that we've all had times in our lives where we felt stuck and one of my um, experiences being stuck was that I was in an unhealthy marriage. There was um, emotional abuse if you will and I was doing my best to not let my fire and my light go out. So the name of my book is titled Battling the Flames, and it talks about the different um, challenges and struggles that I've had in my life. And I share my story unabashed, unashamed, and impart lessons. And one of the lessons um, that I go through and share is about um, my marriage. And it starts off with uh, a burning love. That's one of the chapters. And then switches over to love is burning and then separation begins. And then the chapter on divorce behavior. So with my unhealthy marriage, it, it, I decided to end it because not only was it an impact me, but it was in starting to impact my two children. One of my sons in particular, my older son now, and, um, I won't go into detail because that's for the readers to read my, or the listeners to read my book, Battling the Flames. Um, but I, I talk about this, this big decision I have to make and how I go through the process. And it's one thing to be uh, married with no children. It's another to be married with children because you're not making the decision just for yourself. You're making it for your children as well. And that's actually what kept me in the marriage as long as it was, is my children. They kept me there. And when I got to a point where I felt that I mentally could not go on in the marriage, and uh, I, the biggest argument that me and my ex had triggered me to say, I'm leaving this marriage because of my children, for my children, and not just me. And so I was doing research on divorce and divorce with children. And one of the biggest things that stood out to me and what I read was treat the divorce process like a business. 
Right. I've yeah. heard that before yes. as well. Yes. Yes. And so that really resonated me I, because I'm a, I'm in business, my day job. I'm a human capital consultant. I've been in the corporate world for, you know, close to 20 years. And I deal with executives and coach them and talk about human capital and strategy and influence. And, and, you know, I have a seat at the table. So I'm like, I can negotiate. I can do that. And with business-minded people, you have to, as much as possible, remove the emotion. Mm, Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Which is not as easy in a divorce with children, though, is it? (laughs) No, it's not. But I think that's the most important time to... Um, try to check yourself, right? Because checking yourself, meaning checking your behavior is all you can control. You can't control the other person, yes. right? How yeah. do you want to show up? It's the same thing in business. How do you want to show up for a win-win solution? It should never be in my mind a win-lose or a lose-win because somebody's losing. In a divorce, from my experience, I wanted it to be a win-win not a win, lose, or lose, win, where I'm winning and he's losing, or he's losing and I'm winning because the children are involved, yeah. right? I am still stuck with this person probably for the rest of my life because we have children together. So how can I make it as cordial as possible to keep or, or regain my peace and that of my children and, and happiness, um, and, and part of my mindset was that my parents divorced when I was three years old. So I know what it's like to grow up without two parents in the household, which I was about to create that for my children. Mm-hmm. However, the difference was the biggest choice I had to make was ensuring that the the father of my children still maintain a strong relationship with his children because I did not have that growing up. But that, in, in my situation, was my father's choice. My mother didn't interfere with our relationship. My dad interfered with our own relationship. And it caused a lot of challenges between me and my dad. And that's where my burning down the house um, mindset um, and the rage in me started as a child. And again, more goes into my book about that. But um, I wanted to make sure that what I was doing had as less of an impact as possible on my children and, and, and who they became when they grow, grew up and, and, and making sure that their father was in their life and he wanted to be in their lives. So if there's one key takeaway from those listening, whether you are going through the battling the flames of a potential separation or a divorce, or you know someone gone through it, is... The children always come first before you, if you have children, they come first. So when you're making those decisions, if, if, if safety, right, is that are the children safe around the father? If they are, then that's like more than half the battle of making that big decision to make sure that the children remain involved. And for me, where we landed, and it was hard for me at first, it wasn't, it was, I was at the mindset like everybody else. Okay, you can have them on um, Tuesdays um, for overnight, Thursdays, dinner, and every other weekend. Like, I'm deciding that for right. the father of the children. I'm controlling that. You know, you know, we, we have a, a soon bigger role because we 
be bared to the children, but the father has equal rights in my mind, unless he's done something to, you know, lose those rights when you talk about, you know, safety, for example. Um, and so I was ready to go there with, no, I want full custody or, you know, 67%, you get 33%. And he was like, that's not enough time with my kids. You know what my first response was, Jack Deep? Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, now you want to be a father. That was right. it. Let's fight. Go right. into battle mode. Right. And then I saw what that was doing. And I was like, wait a second. Whatever I battle and take on, that's a battle for my children, too. Mm-hmm. And do I want to put them through that? Do I want to put myself through that? I mean, this man, like there was a little fear in me, of course, of going down that road, but also smarts because I'm like, his dad's a lawyer. His sister's a lawyer. This is going to be a real battle. Do I want to do that? And is it worth it? Because all I'm doing is, you know, impacting my children in a negative way because I know what it did to me. And my dad just didn't want to be there. So imagine a a father who wants to be there and who's going to fight. It's like, okay, this is a battle. Who's going to lose? Not who's going to win. Who's going to lose? Versus you know, how do we both win? And so I had to grow up a little bit during that experience. And it was hard. I'll just pause there. It was very hard. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for sharing all of that, um, Kenya. And I see from what I'm listening to you, it's you that had to take that control and that initiative of how you were going to um, respond and react and you did put the kids first but that's not always the case in right. situations it can be one person whether that's mother or father it doesn't matter it can be one person putting the children first and doing all that and the other one wanting the fight and only right. wanting to fight and only wanting to go through a battle right yeah. so yeah. there's also that side of it but that I mean I it, it makes my heart happy to hear that in your situation, you were able to put the kids first and he was on board, which is which is great. But a lot of the times out there, we hear those things that are, that's not the case. So for you, um, like, tell us a little bit about the, the back and forth, because there had to be, you know, you said that you went from that you, that battle or that fight came up instantly or initially but then you were able to almost tame that and figure it out so how what did that look like for you yeah and I'll tell you it was hard because there were things that came up that I I had enough ammunition if you will to like go the full no you're not getting full custody just certain things that he had done and I won't go into detail so I think that was the biggest thing for me because I was struggling with do I really you know agreed to the 50 50 custody and part of it was god i'm gonna leave this in your hands right that was the hardest part for me because i am a i'm a control freak right and so for people who want to battle who want to who want to win there's a control ego all of that the classic ego that's in there and you can't do anything about that person's classic ego right so an extent of changing it but if you are able to recognize it and play off of it and know how to negotiate, that's, that's I think, really important is to know how to negotiate. It's like when Obama, Obama, Michelle Obama, when they go low, you go high. 
every single time. And that, that takes a level of maturity. Right. And, 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 and again, like you said, you know, what if you are trying to work with them and they don't want to work? That's a completely different situation. I, I personally feel one, you hopefully most have a, a good, um, a lawyer, but I, I also would encourage people to get coaching in this space for yourself. Definitely. That is out. huge. Yeah. yeah it's huge. Cause it's everything you do can trigger or not trigger that person's response. Yes. Right. If you're yeah. trying to work with them, not everybody's reasonable, right? I absolutely, I, yeah. I, I think I am blessed where I had a reasonable person, but I think he was reasonable to an extent because I came off reasonable, right? And I was respectful, and I didn't come off as I'm trying to take everything away from you. I, I mean, our relationship, and, and and again, it doesn't always work this way. I used leverage. My leverage was, and this is was simple for me. Again, my story is not everybody else's story, but when we we lived together. I moved into his home. It was our home because we were married, but I never felt like it was my home because we didn't buy a home together. Note to if I get married again, we are buying a home together. But, <laughs> um, but when I left that home, I know I had 50% eligible for the equity in home. And when right. I left home, my name was on the mortgage. Um, and I, of course, I had the house appraised. So I knew how much it was worth because I was like, I'm, I'm going to use this as leverage. He was entitled to 50% of my retirement, right? I've been at my company um, now going, working on uh, 19 years and he was self-employed. And I later learned he only, he didn't have a lot of money. He saved up. And one day he walked by me while I was still in the house and he said, you know, I'm entitled to half of your retirement. Girl, it took everything in me not to just chew him out right. Right. <laughs> because you automatically trigger, let's go. Yes. But I was like, no, you already know he what games he's gonna play. When they go low, you go high. And I just kept my cool. And we later actually, without our lawyers to save money, I asked to meet with him one day for coffee. And I said, Listen, there were a lot of things that he had done that I won't go into detail. So I had more leverage. We all had leverage. We have to use it. And I said, listen, if you don't touch my retirement, I won't touch the equity in the house. Right. Deal. You know, and it wasn't like deal. We had to talk. And it was like he knew he had done some things and he knew he wanted his his home and the money that he supposedly worked really hard. Right. And put into that house. He wanted to keep it. And I wanted to keep my retirement. Basically, what I walked into that relationship with, I was leaving with plus because I worked hard for my money too. Right. And again, there was leverage because there were things he do- he had done and he knew it. That it was like, I can't even look you in the face if you're even going to consider now taking part of my retirement after everything that you've done. And I said it in as, as nice as a way as I could, but pretty much with that edge to it. And it, it right. gave him pause. It gave him something to think about. It wasn't a threat. It was a win-win. If you do this, I'll do that. Right. And we call it even. It and, and and I again, I'm lucky because everybody's story is not my story. But because of how I came at him in a respectable way, once I was still in the house and then left the house, 
that's what became a win-win because my attitude is I'm not going to get what I want. Right. If I come off all nasty and da 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 And mind you, I left him. He didn't leave me. So it could have been he was bitter. And to your point earlier, sometimes they get bitter, right? Because you're leaving them. Yes. Or vice versa. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, what I love is what you said about you need to get your own coaching or you have to go through your own healing mm-hmm. through this because at the end of the day, really, that is all that we can control. Yeah. Um, we can be our absolute best shining, you know, doing everything that we possibly can. And the other person can still be in that fight, fight, fight mode. At some point, you do have to kind of you know, if you've physically separated, that's fine. But emotionally, you have to separate as well. Otherwise, you're still in that tug of war and you're still, you know, you're still battling. Yeah. Because you, when you do have children, it is, for some people, it is a battle and it doesn't matter what you do. They want that fight. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, um, it's you have to really see what, what do I have to do to save myself, first of all? More emotionally, because if you physically removed yourself, that's great. But there is so much emotional guilt and grief is a big one. Grief is one that we don't think about because we are grieving that we are not going to have that life that, you know, no one goes into a marriage thinking they're going to be divorced one day. Like we just don't, we just don't think that. And then especially when we have children, we don't ever think about things like this happening. But when they do happen, we are the adult and sometimes we have to be the mature adult and take responsibility and go, okay, what do I need to do to be the mother or the father to now be the role model for these children? Because at the end of the day, almost as much as we have to take care of ourselves, we're taking care of ourselves so that we can take care of our children. Absolutely. And when you said, when you leave a marriage with children and without children, it is very different. You still have to take care of your emotions, whether you have children or whether you don't. Right. When you have children, you are now taking care of not only your emotions, also theirs. So if you're so busy dealing with, like, mom's got to deal with mom for the next two years and I'm going to put you on hold, it just doesn't work like that because the children, are their little world has fallen apart. doesn't matter what yeah. age they are. They're still that inner child who's gone oh my gosh, my world has just changed. So you really have to find that balance between taking care of you, taking care of them. And none of them are more or less important than the other because you are a parent. You are responsible for these children, but you also are responsible for yourself because if you're triggered and you're flying off the handle all the time, I mean, imagine what that is doing to the insides of these children. Absolutely. And, 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 they see it, they may not say anything, but they see the behavior of you. They see the behavior of the other parent. They see the behavior when you're together. Is one of the things when we were married, my older son, he had observed, and I, he was more mindful than maybe I was, but I knew exactly what he was talking about when he said, mommy, how come you and daddy don't kiss anymore? Do you not love each other? And so I was like, whoa, you know, right? Yeah. Observe everything. But um, going back to your point and my point about when you're married and then you decide to separate and go through eventual divorce with children, um, 
just sticking with the children, my, my strong encouragement, particularly to women, is if there is not like the um, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse, you have a responsible parent consider giving that parent the same amount of time with the children as you do. And um, because I don't know everybody's story, like they don't know mine, but I'm curious because I find um, more than not, when I talk to women who are divorced, the women have the children the majority of the time. And I don't like getting all the detail. It's just an observation, but I'm starting to want to want to engage with women more that have gone through that and like where it's not that kind of abusive relationship where it's not safe why they made the decision that they made um right um me even being you know we're the women we're supposed to win the nurturers with this we control everything you know we usually do most of the stuff for the kids for me it was automatic the assumption well the hill i'll choose what he gets to have with my children like right use the word my children no longer becomes our children when you're going that mindset may shift right for some when you're you're angry and you're bitter and and things happen and it's mine and not we and ours anymore right you're going through a divorce separation and co-parenting it's still ours because you have the children together and i find like i'll hear about men you know if i'm talking to men um where the the children they they're they're in the home they they don't they live away they're with the mom and then sometimes they're in the mom in another state and that was the biggest challenge for me is like okay one my kids are in a great school system wherever i move to it's still not better than where they're at now something to consider um you know how much time they're spending with me versus them what he's asking for versus what i want what's best for the children and where we landed was, all right, let's give this a try. Let's give 50-50 custody a try. I'm going to put all of these conditions in the agreement. And if you don't follow them, because there's already things I noticed you don't do correct today, then we'll, we'll deal with that when it comes. But I'm going to put everything in there. So if you don't, you don't fly right, we can revisit this. And we have been co-parenting now for going on six years and it has its challenges so that's a topic for another time mm-hmm. but but by me saying all right i'm gonna step back i'm i'm not doing everything anymore you want to be the father now you got to step up right you got to do exactly <clears throat> what i'm doing and, it, and 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 he's not the best he's not the worst right in, in our minds as parents mothers because we think we do everything right right with the kids <laughs> but he's grown a lot you know why because he's got to do it He's got to feed them. He's got to make sure they're bathed. He's got to do their shopping stuff. He's got to make sure they get to school on time when they're with him. And he's almost just as nurturing as I am with certain things. He babies them more than I do. That's a whole nother topic. But it it actually forces the man, the husband, the ex-husband, the father, if he wasn't playing as big of a role and wants to play that role. That's the key. He wants to. Yeah. It, It forces them to step up and they grow that experience and the and the children and the you know father their relationship continues to grow that is so important you have no idea the impact on that child 
positive or negative based on your decisions that you make throughout that process. I can't stress that enough. I just can't. I'll stop there. Right. Thank you so much again for sharing that. Um, I love what you said in there about when you talk to women, you like to find out what is really underneath the decisions that they're making. I think that really stood out for me because it is, is it control and ownership and manipulation Mm. or is there something deeper or what, what really is it? Because really we can make all the assumptions we want on the outside, but until we kind of dig deep and that's even a great question to ask ourselves as, as mothers, as fathers, whoever's listening, it's great to ask ourselves what is really underneath the decisions I'm making or the decisions I want to make. Is it that I'm trying to be controlling? Is it that I'm trying to manipulate? Or is there a genuine concern here? So it's really good to kind of, because we have those answers within us. Yes. We know, but sometimes we're almost afraid to go into those answers because we might feel like, well, I'm wrong, I'm right. And, and it's that battle, right? But sometimes when you talk it out with someone who is kind of an outsider, who's not a friend, who's not family, who doesn't have their, you know, their light or dark on it, it's just a neutral person that you're speaking to. It definitely brings a different perspective on it. And not for not for anybody to say that any of the decisions that we make are right or wrong, but it just allows that little bit of space to kind of go in and go, that was a different way of looking at it. Maybe that's something I need to think about. Yes, absolutely. And then another thing I find is sometimes when someone does say something to us and our defenses go up, that mm-hmm. is also something to be aware of because is this something that I don't want to dig deep into? Because yes. when you, and, and then even with that, you find you get defensive or you get triggered or you you say something or you feel an emotional reaction it's really interesting to afterwards kind of sit with that and go I wonder why I reacted in that way what did that trigger in me or what did that stir up in me that I kind of need to look at yes yes and you're you're right you and and it's basically that self-coaching and yeah. it's, it's it's emotional um, intelligence, right? Your 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 ability to be self aware and self manage, which saying you have a you know low EQ, you know is is not necessarily a bad thing. Like we automatically think, oh well, you're 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 not mature or what have you. That's something that being able to kind of fine tune that that's a constant journey. But every moment of our lives. We're, we're experiencing something and we're like going through it, but are we really reflecting and pausing to say, like you said, in the moment right now, because we don't want to acknowledge our emotions a lot of time. We just want to just do, right? It's like nature to just react versus respond, right? And I think to your point, the the self-coaching um, that takes a skill, right? You can, you can, you can learn how to do it. There's books. You, you can, you know, invest in twenty dollars for a book, or you can really invest in a coach because a coach can go through with you for a longer period of time and assess 
what you're, you know, going through and give you some different tools and strategies to try and also call you on things that you're doing that you don't want to acknowledge and self-awareness, self-management versus to your friend. Most of the time you go on to a friend to hear you out and check, you know, let me check myself. Yes. Somebody that I trust, but they're not always skilled in that area versus you don't you subconsciously you may be going to them to validate right and that's not always the truth either you know you we want to be seeking out the truth the real truth and not what we believe to be the truth right because our beliefs you know dictate our thoughts which they or thoughts dictate our beliefs with our our actions so what do we really want to do versus you know the easy stuff to do Versus the, we always like to do the easy stuff. So for me, that divorce process, and for most of us, there's nothing easy in it because you're making tough decisions and the decisions you make may not work out, but are you willing to give it a try and see what happens? That's, I think, the key. And in my experience, I wasn't sure if I was making the right decision. Just in a simple, I knew the decision to divorce was right, but with the children, the 50-50 versus the other decision that was all about what I wanted, not what was best for my children. And what was my best for my children was, let's give all of us a try and see what happens. Wow. Yes. What I love that you said about the reading a book or, you know, um, talking to a friend. The other thing with that is when we read a book, it's great. It's knowledge. It's, you know, but it's also how we perceive that again, because we're going to see it from where we are. Also, when we're talking to a friend, We've given them the information so they know what we've shared and there could be bits that we're not sharing. So I think at the end of the day, even if you have a coach, if you have a therapist, whoever you're talking to who's a neutral person, honesty with yourself is the number one thing, not selective information that will get you the answers that you want, but being honest and just that that's what these coaching or or therapist relationships are about you can be honest you can say this is the dark things I'm feeling and not just all the other person or all of it right we've really got to be honest with ourselves and I think that is a really tough one because we want the results that we want Mm -hmm. and then we will manipulate our situation to get those results but we really have to get honest with ourselves and say okay Which part of this is my thoughts and feelings and emotions and control and all of that and not just the bits and pieces that I want to choose to share? Because at the end of the day, when we choose to share only certain parts, we're not giving the whole story. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And it it takes vulnerability and a lot don't know how to tell the story or they think the story is ABC. But when you're asked the right questions, you realize, oh, no, this is really what's going on. Yes. When you when this when you're when you're coaching and the person says, this is what I want. And then you go, as you and I know, in coaching the why beneath the why. Yes. And you really dig. 
thought they wanted wasn't what they wanted. Yeah, something way over here, a sense of belonging, whatever it is that might. I, I just want to feel sexy again with my husband. I just want that connection, whatever it is. Yeah. You thought it was. I want to lose eighty pounds. Right, that's not it. But right. you believe that's the story. You believe that's the all of your feelings. But when someone is a skilled and asking you deep questions, and you willing to share, and you don't know in the moment. But when they ask that question, you dig deep and then you may need a little help. So they ask the question a different way and then you answer it. Then they ask another question. You're like, wow. And guess what? You came up with the answer. Somebody just asked the right question. That's it. Yes. That's where the transformation happens in coaching. And if, if you have never experienced that, I encourage you, whether any part of your life, I know we've gone off topic, but even in separation, divorce, asking being asked the powerful questions you have the answers inside of you you just need somebody to ask the questions and there's nothing like it nothing like it it really is transformational when when you're asked the right questions and you're ready to answer those questions honestly or look within for those answers it really is transformational there's no doubt about it yes we're absolutely right amen to that Yeah, well, again, another great conversation with you, Kenya. Thank you for bringing all of this to the table. It was so great. Thank you. And thank you for having me. And thank you for engaging the way you did with your responses. That's that's where the magic in the conversation happens. So thank you for that. Oh, you're so welcome, Kenya. So as I mentioned, you have a YouTube channel. Um, you're on Facebook and Instagram and your book. I will put all of those into the show notes. Is there anything else you want to add as we close off here? I would just say no matter what you're going through in your life, um, the goal is to have peace, joy, and happiness. And if in any area of your life you're feeling stuck and you're not able to live the life that you want, then please seek help. There is nothing wrong in asking for help. It is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength. So please get the help that you need and so desire to live your best life. That was great, Kenya. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. I really hope that the listeners take this away and and really think about it. So it's it's been amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you and have a great day. You too. Thanks, Kenya. Thank you. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you have any suggestions, we would love to hear from you.